everyone. It's your host, Polly Siegel. And for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, certified addiction specialist, and master level trained mindfulness practitioner. I own a counseling practice in both Colorado and Illinois, and I specialize in trauma, OCD, and anxiety. If you live in either of those two states, feel free to reach out to me for a consultation and we can begin the therapeutic journey together. Now on to the good shit. Welcome to season three of Shit Talking Shrinks. Gosh, I'm so excited. I will be featuring experts in the healing space and we're discussing a variety of mental health topics, the human experience, and society at large while creating levity along the way. Get ready to laugh, learn a lot, and change your life for good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Shit Talking Shrinks. I am very excited for the guest today who is living in Costa Rica, which I just found out, which is so much cooler than living in Chicago. Do you want to swap? Do you want to just move to Chicago and I'll live in your Costa Rica house? For the summer, only for the summer. I cannot handle Chicago winters. No way. (laughs) That's fair. I also don't handle it well, which is why I always try to take a trip to a tropical place in the winter. Um, Okay, everyone. We have Marina Yanai Triner. I did it. You did it. Thank you. I We were laughing that her name is hard to pronounce and I just crushed it. And um, you are a compassionate somatic coach and do a lot of body work as well as inner child work and self-compassion. You do it all. I mean, you do all the things that really facilitate healing, which is why I really wanted you on the show. Um, because I think there's so many elements in the work that you do that really facilitate comprehensive healing and really, really deep healing. Um, but today, we're going to really hone in on and talk about how to cultivate deep, meaningful connections through somatic body-based work. And I think that's a lot of like sort of woo-woo clinical jargon where maybe some of the average listeners don't really know what that means. So what does it mean to create meaningful connections through somatic-based work? Well, first of all, somatics is about the body and the way that I use it is really focused on sensations and emotions, quite simply put, uh, which, I, like you said, I really agree that somatics goes to the deep root of things. And it's not just changing the behavior of the person, but it's really going deep to the root of why something feels stuck or why something isn't working. And to me, meaningful connection is where you feel really connected to somebody. You feel that intimacy with that person and you also feel connected to yourself. Hmm. So in your work, it's really about creating connections with others or yourself, but feeling it in a physiological way, very rooted in the body. Yeah. For sure. And also uncovering struggles with connection, struggles with self-connection, struggles with connecting to others through the body. And it shows up, you know, even the stuckness shows up as tension or heaviness or a numbness or a shutdown in the body to tell us like something feels weird. And that sometimes some people think that means they have to walk away from that person. They have to break the connection, but it's not necessarily true. Sometimes it could mean that there's a trigger coming up from the past that they can work through and then communicate with that person and actually 
have even a deeper connection and a more meaningful connection. And this can be in partnership. It can be with your friends. It can be with the boss. It could be coworkers, like any of the things. Right. You know, it's interesting because I think we're sort of wired as humans, or maybe when we think about healthy connection, whether that is with a partner, friend, family, coworker, that all of the responses internally should be positive right? That it should just be peachy and flowy and good. And that means it's a healthy relationship. And it's it's kind of a crock of shit because we're going to get activated. Our body is going to get activated as we interact or as we you know engage in relationship. That's just how it goes. And I think it's important that you just highlighted that just because you have maybe a yuck response or you feel triggered or you feel some sort of tension that that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we are a new generation and the generation before us, relationships looked very different. They kind of look like Hollywood <laughs> sometimes or they just end in very, you know, bad divorce. But like a lot of the people that do stay together from previous generations, it kind of feels like, they stay together with sort of like secret agreements. Like we don't talk about anything or, you know, when we fight, we just go into our rooms and then we come back and we never really dive deep into anything. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I know a lot of people are like that. And I think in our generation, we are still stuck with those kind of Hollywood messages of like, if he's not right for you, leave him. Blah, blah. And it's just so ridiculous. Um, and it's been really interesting for me because I've been in a 13 year relationship current to date. And in the beginning, it was kind of like that, like, yes, we would argue, but generally it was like that little, you know, Hollywood thing and like honeymoon phase and whatever. And then when we started fighting, I was like, you know, so convinced that maybe that this person is wrong for me for a really long time, but kind of stuck around to see like what's going on and really started to unravel. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like that's like you said, there's always going to be things coming up. It's two different people with two different histories. And then let's put on top of that, the layer of trauma that comes in and two people coming in with their own traumas that usually get attracted to each other through those traumas. And then things just combust and blow up. Right. right. It is interesting how, and, and again, you know, I know you're mentioning more of the romantic aspect, but I think we do gravitate towards people that help us subconsciously resolve our unfinished business. Right. And that's really hard to grasp and it seems a bit more abstract, but you know, we are having, or we do have these wounds. We have these unresolved traumas or stressors from the past. And then as we interface with different people, activation happens where those wounds, you know, feel the salt or the activation becomes alive because that's just how it goes. So when I'm thinking about somatic body work, what does that really mean? How, how do you facilitate that work with your clients? I love to see how certain people trigger my clients, you know, and really bring those triggers into our sessions and then really notice what is arising and who is actually triggering them. So it's it's never the person in front of you. It's actually reminding you of the past of probably your parents or teachers or other kids or uh, people that really 
affected you in some way when you were a child. And like you said, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really, really uh, resonate with this idea that we are attracting people to help us heal these things because otherwise they sort of lay dormant and they still impact us in the way that we navigate the world in so many ways, but we kind of don't realize until that person comes in and you're like, I cannot stand this person. You know, it could start with this, the dialogue or the thinking about the person. I can't stand them. They piss me off. Or when I'm around them, I'm just like so shut down and I don't, I don't, I kind of lose myself or I lose my voice. And what I have clients do is slow everything down and actually just feel their body when they're imagining the person. And we really, really slow it down and we kind of explore like what's happening. So it could be my chest feels really tight or heavy. My stomach is like in knots, just really the sensations that arise. And then it's like, well, what is this reminding you of? So in order to really know the answer to that question, they have to be very connected to their body. And if they come in and they're not, then we really like learn that piece and we work on that first. And then we really learn how kind of explore together who is this person reminding you of and what's the trigger and what can be healed there oh that is you're you're getting aside because i think we are so out of touch with our body i would say millions of people are out of touch with their body um they don't even see the benefit of being connected to your to the body and they're not aware of how all of the past shit becomes alive in, in the present as you interact with someone. So for people that feel disconnected from their body, like as you said, that's the first step. You have to first be connected before you can start discovery and exploration. How does one begin to connect with their body if they have lived their life as you know just a bobbling head? That was definitely me. So I really resonate with that. Uh, most of my life, I was totally in my head thinking, analyzing. I had have a very strong mind. Um, and we don't want to, you know, neglect the mind or like delete it, but we want to have a symbiotic relationship with every part of ourselves. So with the body, it's as simple as just noticing your sensations. So even if you look at something pleasant, and that's where I'd like to start with people that have been really disconnected from their body, because usually there's a reason why they're disconnected, because there's something that feels like too much inside, maybe a past trauma that lives in there because so much of our trauma lives in the body, feels like too much to go in and feel it. I know when I started to connect back to my body, that's kind of what happened. Like I, I was like, whoa, there's so much here, you know? So that's why we do it in very little steps. And so I have them just think of a pleasant memory or a nice place or something very soothing for them. And then they notice their body feels. So maybe I feel my chest feels like really open and light and soft, or maybe like my stomach just relaxes and even the color of things and the texture inside their body. And that's how we start. And it's really like a daily practice. Um, we actually, my partner and I have created an app called Soma Share, and there's a lot of tons of free practices on there that guide you through a thing, you know, things like that. Amazing. And I think that that's, that's the access point because trying to tackle all of the negative responses internally is very daunting. Whereas if you just start with thinking of something pleasant and thinking about something that 
is lighthearted and you can feel that activation, that's the mind-body connection, right? That's the awareness or being the observer. And then once someone gets good at that, like they can really detect when their body's activated with pleasant experiences, then how do you start to introduce the more unpleasant experiences? That's just coming from daily life. So typically people come to me because they're feeling stuck in some way. And I, if they don't make the connection, I explain it to them in a very kind of like logical way why this work matters because it is uncomfortable, right? It's not always fun to do. So it's really important for me that people understand why it's going to be helpful, where are we going, you know, what the benefits are. And it's really in feeling more alive. Generally, you can't feel more alive if you're only feeling the good things. It's just the human experiences, all the feelings, all the different sensations, and and also feeling unstuck in whatever it is. You know, maybe it's in your partnership you feel stuck. Maybe it's at work, like your career is really unsatisfying, or you have a goal and in, at work and you're just not reaching it and you don't get why. And so we start to really explore triggers in everyday life related to whatever their goal is. And that's the access point to working through the things that are getting them stuck. So it's really like moment to moment. Okay, how was your week? What came up this week? And we really address that together and we work through it in a deep way. I want to take a quick pause to talk about our sponsor, a company called BetterHelp. It's an online therapy platform where all the therapists are licensed and accredited professionals. It's affordable. You pay a low flat fee for therapy with your therapist, and it's convenient. Do it at your own time and at your own pace, and you can communicate with your therapist as much as you want and whenever you feel is needed. And more importantly, it's effective. Thousands of people have benefited from therapy using BetterHelp, and we're really grateful to offer all of our listeners 10% off your first month. So if you're interested in receiving therapy ASAP, click the link in our show notes and you can get started and you get to save money. Okay, so I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, I think that's where the magic happens, right? Where it flows and it's, it's a little, there's a bit of surprise. So if I was a, let's pretend I'm a client, right? And I come in and I say, I'm feeling really, I'm noticing this experience internally. I'll give you an example. Okay, so I'm currently dating. Um, so anyone who's interested, slide into my DMs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, kind of, not really. Um, but <laughs> I'm dating and I'm interacting with a lot of different types of men. Um, and it's interesting. I went on a date and this person happens to be very into fitness and they're talking about their fitness journey. And I'm noticing my chest get tight. Right. And he's not saying anything wrong. Right. Like he's talking about his food journey and his gym workouts and how he cultivates wellness through movement. I mean, all positive conversation. Right. But my my chest gets tight. So if I present that to you as a client, what what would you essentially invite me to do? First of all, I want to preface this with I do a lot of resourcing with clients, which is kind of cushioning this stuff. So within a session, if you share that, then we're like, okay, let's start with safety. So I'll have you in that session access things that feel safe 
and and really feel that in your body and that's really important because we want the body to feel relaxed and open to this kind of work and then i will tell you like don't push yourself if you ever feel overwhelmed or anxious when as we're moving through this let's come back to the safety let me know like things like that so that's very important and then i will have you really feel that tightness in your chest and kind of like breathe into it and allow any other things to come up. It could be thoughts. It could be memories. It could be words. Like little, little whispers will come up. And so when we slow everything down, these things start to arise. And I'll also ask you, does this feeling feel familiar? Where is it coming from? You know, what what is the first memory that you might have that felt like this in your body? And, and you might have a memory, like it could be, oh, when my mom forced me to diet or, you know, or like when my, my dad told me that I was overweight or something like that. Um, I would also teach you about projections. If you didn't know about projections, that sometimes when we are, especially I think in really close intimate relationships, if the person is talking to you about fitness like for me it was around rest my partner would rest and it would drive me insane like I would want to wake him up and I would want to you know just make him stop resting and it was because I wasn't allowing myself to rest so it's really also looking at what is your relationship with fitness um do you over exercise do you under exercise what happens to you around fitness? And by the way, your trigger could have nothing to do with fitness. We don't know. It could be his tone of voice reminds me of my dad's tone of voice. So it doesn't have to be like the topic, but we would explore kind of all the angles. Yeah, even it's interesting, even as you're talking and, and just pointing out, is there a memory or when did you feel first or when did you first feel this felt sense in your body? Um yeah, I mean, I, I could connect all the dots just by what you're saying right now without even, you know, needing to close my eyes and be with it. I think there was definitely for my history, a lot of trauma around weight, around body, around food, around appearance. And so, yeah, when you have this very muscular kind of vain person who's just babbling on <laughs> about, you know, he eats boiled chicken and rice for dinner every night. I'm like, fuck, like this is dangerous. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you said actually the word dangerous because triggers feel like a threat to us. So it really does feel dangerous. And also I want to point out something really interesting that I had to kind of learn the hard way, which is if you're triggered, it doesn't mean that the other person is bad and it doesn't mean that you're bad. So we try to kind of put people in a box like, oh, this guy's an asshole. I hate him. Never dating him again. Blah, 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 blah. Or I'm so bad. I can't believe that like I'm triggered by this. Like he's just talking about his things. Like what's wrong with me? So it could be one of two things. And I think it's really important and very hard to just focus on the trigger in a very neutral way and not make any decisions or judgments. And that's kind of where the compassion comes in. And then as you process this trigger, your, your, you said danger. So your amygdala is being activated. It's saying like, there's a threat. It's literally as if somebody is chasing you with a knife, like to your body, it's the same thing. So your body feels under threat and the decision-making process is not very 
logical. It's not very helpful. And that's why we don't make decisions in that state. We process that trigger. And once our nervous system feels a sense of relief, then we can actually access our prefrontal cortex, which is our decision-making center, you know, and, and we can think about it like, oh, okay, what do I actually want? Oh, I don't really want to go on a date with him again, or actually I do. And it's more clear then. So like, let's say I'm, I'm feeling the tightness in my chest. I've asked myself these questions. Okay. This is rooted in the trauma from the past, from my childhood. I gain and, and really feel the clarity. Then what do you do? Then we process that trauma and that might take one session. It might take 10 sessions, but we really go into it. And we, one of the things that I teach my clients and I guide them through in the session is like, imagine that that little girl in, in your case was, um, was a, a little child that you know. So it's not you, it's a little child that you know, and you're watching them in this scenario. What do you feel about it? Do you feel angry about it? Like just watching that happening to this child? Do you feel sad about it? Like, what do you feel? And then actually like letting yourself feel that. Maybe you need to scream. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe you need to go, yuck. So it's really like expressing emotions, not just thinking about it, not just saying this is sad, but like expressing it. And different people have different comfort levels with their emotions. So there's a lot of work around that that we would do as well. Like if somebody is like totally, you know, has trouble expressing their emotions, it we could start with just imagining that you're screaming, for example, if you want to scream. So it's it's that process. But once we really feel about the situation, that's really what helps start to clear. It doesn't mean that it's forever. We might have to feel about it in a year again, but it's helping you clear that in that moment. Well, I think what's so beautiful about that process is we do have a lot of unresolved emotions surrounding our trauma, right? Emotions that have never really completed their entire cycle, right? They were severed. They were tucked away. They were put in a box. Like we didn't really fully embody them. And I, I think that that's such an important point that, yeah, when I think about what I experienced as a child, as an adult, I feel angry. I feel very angry and sad that she had to endure what she did. And this guy, as innocent as he was, and he did absolutely nothing wrong, sort of activated that sadness inside of me, activated that anger inside of me, um, which, you know, manifested through a tight chest. So I think what, what is so important here too, just to echo is like, there's a lot of unresolved emotions and feelings. And then by actually allowing yourself to tap into that, like to fully tap into it, like that is the facilitation of, of moving through it. Exactly. And that's what most people want to avoid <laughs> because it's uncomfortable and it's scary. And we we really don't understand emotions and we really don't have a relationship with them in the world. Like there's so much just talking about it or thinking about it, but there's very little actually becoming a little animal and, you know, just going through it. It's, it's a very animalistic thing and expression and it's very, very important. And it's really how we process these things. Yeah. What was interesting, and I'm just using this example because I think it just highlights the the concept that we're processing through for listeners 
is like, I wanted to kind of yell at him and be like, you're fucking rigid. And like your rigidity annoys me. <laughs> no, I didn't. Right. Because I'm, I, I, that would just be contextually inappropriate. But it was interesting that I wanted to just like be like, you're an idiot. Right. I feel like that anger is what was coming up. Yeah. And I wonder if that is actually anger at your mom or your dad or somebody who would, you know, make you feel in the same way when you were little. Yeah. I mean, I think it's directed at a lot of players throughout childhood, right? There were, there were multiple people that created stress around, you know, this area. So I'm sure it is anger that's just like, you know, projecting onto this poor man who just takes care of himself, you know? Yeah, I totally relate to that. And one of the things that I will have clients do is imagine whoever those people are kind of like frozen in an ice cube and you just get to scream at them. Like you just get to say whatever you want to say at them. And I keep reminding them like, this is not real. They're never going to know about this. They're never going to hear this. It's just for you. It's just you clearing this energy from your body. And it's very, very powerful. Okay. Okay. I feel like we're, we're giving tangible tools throughout this entire episode. I usually save it towards the end, but folks are sprinkling it in along the way. So after you get to a place where you've identified the emotions, unresolved anger, sadness, fear, disgust, shame, whatever it is, then what's the next step? So you're identifying the emotions inside of your body. And that is a step for some people. They have no idea. So we really learn. I teach them a concept called the change triangle. And that's from Hillary Jacobs handle. I really, really like her work. You should have her on, on your podcast, by the way. Um, she's really amazing. And so I, I really talk to them about how when you feel an emotion all the way through and it's the actual core emotion in your body in this moment, you get to this place of compassion and presence and calm. So that makes sense to people. And, and we go through that. And, you know, some people like the focus of our work is even being able to feel like it's, they have no idea or their trauma is really centered around not being allowed to feel or being made fun of for feeling, or their parents were triggered when they would express an emotion as a child. So it's like, a lot of work around that, um, but really allowing yourself to notice it in your body, notice what the emotion feels like, and then to express it as well, whether by shaking or screaming or crying or whatever, it, however your body wants to express. And as you do that, you are doing it also from, from a place that is empowered, meaning not merging with like that little child and just totally losing it, but more I remind them and I also help them feel maybe a memory where they felt very empowered as an adult. Maybe they were speaking on stage. Maybe they said their truth to someone, whatever, whatever memory pops up. And then from that space, feeling that feeling. So you're feeling kind of like for the child. You are not the child. You're no longer the child. You now have agency. So you're feeling for that child. And then after that, I like after that process is sort of complete, I often see people just <sighs> exhale. Like you can literally visibly see this space being made in their body and this clarity. 
And from there, it's like, okay, well, then what do you want to do? Do you want to go on a date with this guy again? Do you not want to, you know, and, and so whatever they feel kind of stuck in, there's more clarity and a space to make a decision about what they want. Right, right. And that that decision isn't right or wrong. Right. That decision is just based on what your body and your mind needs or feels safe to to work with. Yeah, exactly. And you're not bad or wrong. And the other person is not bad or wrong. You know, I mean, even when somebody does something really, really horrible, their action is could be bad, right? But the person is coming from their own traumas and their own stories and you're coming from your own traumas and your own stories. So you get to choose the relationship that you want to have with people. Of course, your case is you know, kind of a simple example, though it's a great example. And then there's like family, you know, just like dealing with family members, dealing with good friends and, and, you know, just uncovering dynamics also, because sometimes it's like one incident. And sometimes you had a particular dynamic with say your mom, and then you copy that into all of your relationships and it feels really normal. And you're like, this is how relationships look like. And I'm miserable, but this is what, you know, this is normal. This is safe. This is familiar. And then it's like, well, how do we change that? We change that by, first of all, getting some inkling that it could be different. And usually that comes from a crisis um, that you have in those relationships and then it's noticing, oh, well, this, these, all these relationships are actually a copy of the dynamic with my mom that I thought was normal, but maybe it's not. And then from that really like somatic body awareness, they start to shift. And you, I, I mean, I've had this experience of attracting like all these new friendships, completely different from my old friendships, which is really, really cool. You know, when I was in grad school, there was a teacher and she would end class saying, you have to feel to heal. And it was like, we would all roll our eyes and be like, you're so fucking corny and like, blah, blah, whatever that means. But this conversation is making me remember her. That like, you really do have to feel it to heal it. Like if we're not experiencing what's happening in our body and holding space for it and moving through it and getting to the other side of it, it just gets trapped in there. Yeah, it makes so much sense because when you have a trauma, you don't have a space to feel. Like if if somebody goes through a really difficult event, like you can think about, you know, loss, for example, and how people actually take the time to grieve a lot and to cry through it because that's kind of more socially acceptable. And even though it's not like the person's back, it's not like, you know, they're feeling better, but that loss doesn't doesn't um, determine how they live their life over time because they're actually crying about it. They're actually sad about it. And then they just start to live their life. And with trauma, a lot of people, first of all, don't even realize that they have trauma. They're totally unaware. And second of all, they never got the space to just sit there and like feel it through. And then it becomes your glasses on reality. So you might start to see everything as very threatening. You might start to see yourself as a victim about everything. It's just so, it's so interesting how that happens. So yeah, I agree with your teacher completely. 
wherever you are today, thank you for your wisdom, even though we all made fun of you for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, any any other thoughts? I know we're we're getting towards the end, and I think we've given listeners a lot of tangible things to do. First, start with a pleasant experience. Start to notice the activation or the sensations in your body from that. You know, then work your way up to sitting in some more, you know, maybe heavier things, the the discomfort that comes along with that. Being curious, looking at how does this relate to the past? Did my inner child experience something similar? And perhaps this is activation of the inner child. But anything else that you feel is important to share? I guess just around relationships that I really want to bring home the idea that even if sometimes your relationships feel as bad as toxic for a period of time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you would be happiest if you left them. And I think it's like so tricky to wrap your mind around because like you said, it's not bad or wrong and any decision isn't bad or wrong, which is really, it's so hard to to really grasp that. But it, to me, I think that even in a very close friendship or whatever it is, like if there's a rupture and both people are willing to work on it and you engage in this process of working on it, it could shift, it could change. And it's very, very normal for relationships to sometimes feel really hard and not easy. And and just because something feels easy doesn't mean that it's the thing that you're meant to experience. So I just wanted to share that because I, whenever I share that about my own partnership, people are like, oh, thank you. I needed to hear that so much, you know, so and I myself still sometimes need to hear that. So I just wanted to share that with everyone. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. This this conversation was thoughtful and just so deeply profound that a lot of wisdom can just be found in the body. We think it's the brain and analytics and evaluating and all of the cognition, but really the answers are just within the vessel that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And on that note, we'll catch everyone later. Bye.